Hello and welcome to Doing The Line. Um, I'm your host Chris. I hope you're doing well and keeping safe. We are back with another episode of the podcast where we get to know a familiar face from the world of Scottish women's football. Um, today I'm joined by one of our game's most recognisable faces, having spent a successful eight years at Glasgow City, during which she was crowned SWPL Player of the Year in 2018. This current Scotland international returned to Rangers at the start of 2020. And she has also just been called up by Shelley Kerr for the upcoming Euro qualifiers against Albania and Finland. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, and I'm delighted to get through that first time. Um, Nicola Doherty, Nick, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Thanks very much for having me. Um, didn't realise that was going to get such a long intro there. <laughs> uh, neither did that, because I nearly ran out of breath to wait towards the end, so that worked out well. <laughs> um, how's things going? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right, thanks, yeah. Just keeping quiet, usual. Before we get into your career, we, we kind of have to talk about the year, I suppose, because it's been pretty weird. How's how's your 2020 been so far? Um, it's been probably the longest year of my life. Um, it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind. Um, I've obviously changed of clubs and obviously COVID. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a a very weird one. I would I would call it weird, just weird. But I'm just I'm just glad to be healthy. So um, so yeah. Yeah, I think being healthy is important for everybody just now. The last month or so as well, where we are, because I know some people listening to this don't know the situation where we, so I think we're both in the central belt of Scotland at the moment. So we've kind of gone back into a bit of a mini lockdown as such at the moment. Um, how's the kind of last month or so been for you in terms of getting back to kind of playing football a bit more, obviously a bit more regularly and obviously just in general, the, the situation we're in at the moment? I, I just feel um, extremely grateful um, just to be back on the training pitch, to be honest. Um, it was a it was a long, I feel like I've had about three pre-seasons. <laughs> um, so there's been a lot of running. So yeah, I'm just thankful to be back with the girls um, and just kicking a ball again, to be honest with you. What was your kind of routine during the last few months? You've mentioned obviously getting back to kicking the ball with the, the girls. Was it a lot of solo stuff, or did you manage to meet up in parks at a distance? How, how was it, it working was, for you? It, no, it was genuinely just solo, and um, because of the the guidelines that were put in place, so it was you were just on your own, um, running, um, a lot of running. I'm not going to lie to you, um, it was just it was constant. But it's it's put us in good stead for coming back, um, so I'm thankful that there was a a program put in place for us to get our fitness up to shape for coming back. Um, but yeah, just grateful. Was that a little bit weird as well? Obviously, you'd signed the, the deal at the start of the year to kind of go professional. Um, and then almost as soon as that happened, everything kind of stopped. Did it feel a little, did it kind of burst the balloon a little bit for you? It, it, I just felt like it was just that bit of bad luck. I was I was finally buzzing to, to make the move to Rangers. And I, I must have maybe trained a couple of weeks and then that was it. Um, the, the lockdown happened. So I was a bit like, oh. No way, you're kidding me. Um, but no, I'm just I'm just grateful that my family and everyone else is like safe and healthy, and that was always a priority. So football was obviously second second best when it came to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not going to talk about the world around us just now too much, though, because I think we've all had plenty of that. But um, we are going to talk about your career. So um, let's. I always say this, so apologies. Let's rewind to the start. Um, what's your kind of early memories of kicking the ball about? I was I was thinking that um, if I was to put it right back, it would probably just be I would be, I was kicking a ball about my garden, um, and that was probably my earliest memory um, in my back garden. My and my dad's kind of realised, oh, she likes football, so maybe we'll put her into like a little soccer. I think it was called soccer sevens at the time. 
and I've just I've went to like this kind of soccer sevens with like all the younger kids, and I just kind of took a, a a liking to football. So that's when I found the love for the the game, um, and it just kind of went on from there. So that was my earliest one, and I must I was only about six. That's when I started playing. Was it something that it sounds like your dad was quite keen to encourage that in you once you realised that was a, a possibility? Yeah, my dad's quite a big a big football fan. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it supports Rangers as well, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, my dad loves football. And when he found that out as well, he, he was he was buzzing that that's what his daughter was going to, going to be. So yeah, my dad was delighted with that. What was the transition for you from like kicking about in the back garden to then kind of getting involved in the kind of club side of things? So uh, I then joined a boys team. It was called Westfield Colts. Um, and I was the only girl on the team. And then and I, I became captain for them as well. Um, and I, when I started playing football, I was people are going to be shocked when I say this, but I was I was like centre mid, and you couldn't play me centre mid these days because I'd be completely lost if I was with you. Um, but no, I was like top goal scorer and like beating all the boys and stuff. Um, but the boys took it quite well. I think the boys quite enjoyed having someone different in the team. Um, but yeah, it was Westfield Colts, and then that's when I got too old to play for Westfield Colts. So that's when I then joined Falkirk. Um, at under 13s level and I kind of went through the ranks there 15 17s and then made my debut for the first team when I was 16. Um, you're a Falkirk lass is that right? Yeah that's where I'm from. Born yeah. yep. So in terms of like growing up obviously playing for Falkirk girls how was that making your kind of first team debut 16 was it a big deal or how did how do you remember it? Um, so obviously I, I I came up through the ranks and I, I always, I'm always thankful for the, the woman who ran Falkirk Ladies. She was called Alison Mackey um, and she had always believed in me from a young age. She saw me as this young, talented footballer and when I was at under seven, um, under 15s, I think it was, they were, they were like, as soon as she hit 16, because I think that was the age you had to be before you could play in the, the first team, they instantly brought me up. And I was, I just remember being so nervous and I, I can't remember who it was, but it was at Dunny Pace Juniors. That's where the Falkirk played, and it was old grass pitch. It was muddy, and I think, it, and it was raining as well. Um, but yeah, I was 16, and I can't remember who it was, but I, I just remember being so nervous. And I came on, and, and I was a left winger back then. So, that, so yeah, that was my memory of that. Just being yeah. nervous, probably. I uh, I remember Dunny Pace as a grass park, and I've now seen it since it's been done up, and it's all kind of it's, astro it's tough. Wonderful. It's yeah. a it's a lovely facility now. I think when I went, they had the gazebo up and they had the barbecue. It was great. Uh, I was, probably, yeah, that's probably what was happening. <laughs> absolutely loving life. Um, from Falkirk, though, you signed for Rangers in two thousand and ten. How, how did that move from Falkirk to, to Rangers happen the first time round? I just remembered the Rangers had contacted Falkirk saying that they were interested in me. And I think it was Scott Allison. I think it was my, the coach at Rangers who was interested. And for me, it was a no brainer. Um, I was, because obviously I've been like grown up as a Rangers fan as well. And then spoke to my dad about it. And he, he just thought if I wanted to better my career, he kind of advised that maybe that was the best move. And, and of course I was always thankful for what, Falkirk had given me but I thought at that time in my career that it was time to progress and I made the move. And in terms of that kind of first spell at Rangers that you had did it go as expected for you in terms of you've mentioned already kind of growing up as a Rangers fan signing for your childhood heroes is probably a fair thing to say did that first spell go as you thought it would? 
I absolutely loved um, Rangers when I joined. Um, when I, I, I remember putting on the Rangers top for the first time and I was completely overwhelmed. Uh, I loved it. Didn't win anything that because uh, I'm I've got quite a winning mentality as well. And yeah, I was a bit gutted that we didn't win anything. But I just think at that time there was there were stronger teams out there and Rangers had a lot of growing to do. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm, I've got yep. no doubt at all. But from, <laughs> from Rangers off to Glasgow City, I mean, we'll talk about Glasgow City because I think we have to. Was it an easy move? You've mentioned like you like winning. So seeing a team like Glasgow City come in for you, even though you were at Rangers, was it a decision that was easy for you to make at that time? I'd, they came in for me a couple of times. So I remember Eddie Miliki Black, who was my coach at the time, he had came in for me and I was like, no, nah, can I leave Rangers? No, no chance. I'm not doing it. So I, I'd said no the first time um, to Eddie when he first came in, and then another season went by, and I and I hadn't won. I hadn't won anything again, and I was like, I need to win trophies. I want to win trophies. Um, so he came again, and I was like, Dad, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet Eddie. So I, I I remember meeting Eddie, and he turned up with his his briefcase, and it was he, he was like Nick, what do you want to do in your life? So he opened up the suitcase. And he was like, do you want to win these? And it was like all the Glasgow City's medals of what they've won. And I was just sat there thinking, oh, right, okay. And I was like, he's like, I'll give you time to think about it. So I went home and I was like, Dad, I want to win those medals. Um, and then I eventually just went for it, went for it. Um, you spent eight years at City. You did win those medals. So you got SWPL titles, Champions League, record-breaking runs of form, uh, personal awards as well. We've also mentioned the, the Player of the Year in 2018. Is there any that really stick out from your time at City, um, given that, that longevity you had? Um, I'd probably, and, and we didn't win a medal, but I'd probably say it was the first time we ever qualified for the Champions League quarterfinals. Um, I think for a, a team to do that from Scotland was such a huge achievement, and it's probably one that I'll never forget. I mean, to do it a second time was amazing, but just I just remember that first time, and the way we'd done it as well, um, it was like City comebacks, so like, that's just how we've done it in the Champions League. So, yeah, that's probably my best memory was getting through the quarterfinals for the first ever time. Yeah, because there, there was a comeback against the Polish side, which name totally escapes me now. Um, but that was kind of the one, that was the one that got you into the quarterfinals, is that right? I'm against just... Zurich. Oh, no, Zurich was after the Polish Zurich, side, wasn't yeah, it? And yes. I'd, I'd got sent off, actually, before that game. <laughs> I couldn't even play the, the away game, so it was I was watching it from the stand, and I just remember being so nervous. I couldn't watch it. Oh, but, wow! What a night! What a night! Yeah, sometimes um, when you're doing a little bit of research in women's football, the Glasgow City because there's so many Glasgow City videos come up, and you end up watching highlights from like five, six years ago when those European games come up. You kind of get captivated by it. Um, in terms of Glasgow City, then this will be the last Glasgow City question. We'll talk about Rangers, but in terms of Glasgow City, like. What do you think they mean to the women's football landscape in the in the current climate? To kind of what they've done in the past and then obviously going forward. I just think Glasgow City have probably been the the ultimate team that's drove women's football, um, and and as, as long as as well as the national team as well. But I think Glasgow City have set the bar for women's football, um, and they've they've been amazing. They were amazing for my career um, since I since I joined. But I just think what what they were putting on social media at the time, all about women's football, and they were only supported by themselves from 1998. So, yeah, I think what Glasgow City has achieved is, is unbelievable, and it still is to this day. 
is it kind of understandable anytime I speak to somebody about Glasgow to be fair anytime I speak to somebody about Scottish women's football somebody has a Glasgow City story um, is it some, a team that will always have like a, a place somewhere in your, I don't want to say cheesy and say heart but you know what I mean oh, 100% uh, I spent eight amazing years at Glasgow City and it and I think it shows how good Glasgow City were. They obviously, the players that are down south who started, so you have Jane Ross, Emma Mitchell, Lisa Evans, like it's created an amazing amount of players who have then went on to probably bigger things down south. But yeah, Glasgow City, of, of course, it'll always, as cheesy as it sounds, it will always have a place in my heart because I had eight happy years there and I won a lot of trophies. So yeah, definitely. It started this year, made the move to Rangers. Um, how how did it come about? Um, it was it was it was a long it was a long um, experience in terms of going to Rangers, um, but they just contacted my agency and my agency got in touch and they were saying was it, is it a move you'd be interested in and I was I just thought after eight years at City. I just felt like I needed a bit of a change in my career. And I knew that if I went to Rangers, I could also quit my part-time job as well and just focus on being full-time and being able to get the right rest and recover um, if I went to Rangers. And it turns out it was a no-brainer in the end to make the move. Yeah, I think the start of this year, there was, as you say, it was a bit of a, lot, a drawn-out thing um, for you, but so you managed to make the move there. And when you first turned up at the, the door at the, the training centre, when you thought back to 2010, and the time you first signed for them then, what were the, what were the comparisons you had made in your head um, kind of when you turned up on that first day? It's just, it's, it's huge. Um, it, even just women's football from then to now has just completely gone so far. Um, like Rangers are now setting the bar in terms of professionalism and I, and I think it's night and day from when I was, from when I was there to now. Um, it's just the whole setup that you're you're given to be a professional athlete to to rest to recover to get like the nutrition in as well. So yeah, I just think it's a, a huge step forward for women's football what Rangers are doing. Do you think, in particular, in the women's game in the last maybe eighteen months, two years, it feels like it's taken like a it's been lots of incremental progress, but this last couple of years it feels like it's really jumped a couple in that respect. Yeah, 100%. And I would definitely say from the World Cup as well, I think there's been huge interest. Um, because obviously there's so many people watching and there's so many people went as well. I just think it's starting to get the coverage that it deserves. And I think there's still quite a bit to go, but I think we're going in the right direction. Um, you kind of mentioned what turning professional was kind of meant for you in terms of being able to have that recovery and that, that kind of process that maybe you haven't been able to have before with a part-time job. You've also got kind of hold a new teammate, so we've had some additions over the summer as well. Um, how does it feel like being in a squad that's kind of come together quite quickly? I think it's probably fair to say. How has everybody kind of gelled well? Is, I know there'll be some familiar faces just with the way that women's football works in Scotland, but how's it been for you kind of getting everybody together again? Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, everybody's just kind of gelled together naturally. Um, it's, it's been amazing. Like they're an amazing group of girls, and we've all gelled quite well I'd say together there's we're all just like one big team like there's there's no cliques there's nothing like everybody just wants the same thing and we all have the same goal that we want to win things so yeah everybody's just delighted to be back on the pitch like you said and we're looking forward to the season ahead. Do you feel like one of the kind of wiser heads in the squad these days does that feel like one of your roles in the squad? I don't think anybody would call Nick <laughs> wise, if I'm honest with you. But no, I would definitely say that 
I've got a bit of leadership there. I'm I'm now 28 and I've got a bit of, I've got a bit of experience as well. So I do hope to bring that into the, the squad for the season ahead. There's also been a wee kind of coaching shuffle uh, kind of for this season as well. Uh, Greg Vinell's obviously left and Kevin Murphy's come in, a coach with tons of experience within the women's game to come alongside Malky Thompson. Do you think that that experience of having Malky and Kevin with that that experience of the women's game is going to stand you in good stead for the season ahead? Yeah, I think it's the they work brilliant together. Um, it's a great balance. You've obviously got Malky who's been in the men's game. He's got loads of experience and then you've got Kev who's been in the women's game he knows it inside out and he's obviously been down at Man City as well which is a huge club so I think them two working together is going to be um, a real progression for Rangers and I think it's um, going to be good for the season ahead having those two. Fair to say Rangers are amongst the title favourites how, how do you think that's fair and is it a tag that as as a squad that you are up for? I would I would never ever sit and say in an interview that nah yeah we're gonna we're gonna win the league but I definitely think that we've got a squad that is strong enough to challenge this year um, so that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> that's fair. very very good of you to be diplomatic on that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean you obviously uh, were able to play a game in the league and I know that the start of this year was so disrupted not only with what's happened in the world but we obviously had the storms and everything was just a little bit all over the shop from football. Um, coming into this season obviously starting the, the season against Hearts does it feel like do, do you count that bit at the start of the year or does this feel and does this feel like a brand new start or do you still reflect back on that we obviously still remember that game that was that happened back then but I, I do think that we've just kind of started afresh because um, it's we've, we've had a good six weeks pre-season now and the girls are all in great shape um, so we're looking forward to the game against Hearts on Sunday. It'll be it'll be a difficult game. They'll have them set up well organised um, in a defensive shape. So I think it's just going to take for us to break them down. But yeah, it's one that we're all excited for and we just can't wait for the season to start because it's been a, a long pre-season. Thinking about the, the changes at Rangers as a whole, um, do you think that the investment from Rangers and from Celtic and from other clubs who have obviously kind of started to make moves in the, in the women's game, do you think that can only help to bring that attention we were talking about earlier on in terms of raising the profile of the game? Yeah, 100%. I think it's 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 still got a long way to go. I'm not going to sit here and think, say, yeah, it's amazing. But at the same time, what Rangers have done and other clubs or whatever they're doing as well, I think it's only going to be good for the women's game. And, it's, and it gives... It gives those kids as well to see role models and what, what they can be as well. Because when I was a kid, I, I didn't see that. So I think now what the women's game is getting is that attention. And for a young kid growing up, I just think it's amazing to have those role models. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I think Rangers have done, which is quite cool, is the bespoke kits for the women's team. Um how it's like I know from uh, kind of from history there was a lot of stories about you playing boys kits, you playing kind of second hand men's kit. Having like a, a bespoke women's kit, so it's a different design, it's still part of the same. Like, how does that for a player for you first of all, and then how do you think that helps inspire that next next generation in terms of recognizing players? Yeah, I think it's a it's it's amazing, and um, it's it shows you how far women's footballs came. I just like even when you went away with the national team, it was you were getting changed at the airport and with the, the men's kit and stuff. So I just think it's it's amazing what Rangers are doing in terms of teaming up with Castor that have that have produced a women's fit in the league. And we're obviously the, the first women's team to do that as well. And I just think it's it's only going to push us all on to do better things in terms of generating more audience and stuff as well and showing what 
what the men's team are doing, joining with the women's team and making things possible for us. So, yeah, I think it's brilliant. It's obviously a bit disappointing that, that we start the season in the circumstances we do. But would you hope that, obviously, the renewed interest that's kind of been shared across Rangers, I think it's probably fair to say, would hopefully see some more people kind of coming along to the games? I hope so. Um, obviously, right now, it's, it's, it's kind of been put on hold. But I do hope that we get more fans and stuff. And I think Rangers have, have put that out there, how much they're supporting the women's team as well. And it would and it would be amazing if we could get more supporters to the game. Um, it's it's women's football. It's, 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 it's great to watch. It's something different. So, yeah, I do hope that we get more people to the games because it's the support is definitely needed when you're playing in a game for 90 minutes. What what do you think? As somebody who's played women's football for a long time and I'm a punter who speaks to players sometimes, um, what, what do you think about the kind of, not necessarily the perception, but if you were trying to pitch a game of women's football to somebody who's maybe on the fence about going along, how would you kind of say to somebody, come along and give it a try? What would be your kind of hooker, hook line? Hook line? Yeah. Hook line. You can call that if you want. <laughs> No, I just th- I just think it's such it's it's a nice environment for it's a chilled environment for people to come and watch something different. Um, it's I, I would say it's very technical as well. Um, I think it's if you watch the World Cup and stuff, it's 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 great to watch and it's a nice atmosphere to bring your kids and stuff as well. And I think for any kid growing up to watch that and then believing that they can be something that if they want to if they want to play football or stuff like that then it's it's great for your kids to come watch and it's a friendly atmosphere let's let's talk about Scotland because you mentioned the World Cup a couple of times and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that but you made your debut back in 2011 um against yeah I'm not because I checked it and I was like I can't believe that was 2011 um but it was against Finland who we're obviously yeah. playing in not too distant future can, can you kind of tell us like making your debut for your country what was what was that like for you most nerve-wracking experience of my life. Uh, no, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was. We won. I think it was seven-two. I think we won. Seven-two. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, no, it was amazing. Uh, representing your country is an unbelievable achievement, and it's a sense of pride that you, you always do get when you put on your the blue jersey. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing achievement to get my first camp, and it's one that I'll never forget. Um, and yeah, it was a game that we won. And I just remember going on the pitch and thinking, Nick, just, just try and do your best. <laughs> but uh, no, it was, an, it was amazing. It was amazing. I loved it. When you got the call, did you know it was coming? Was it out of the blue? Like, what, what happened when you I'd literally, I'd literally just finished um, 19s. Um, and I was obviously got too old. And I was, I, I didn't ever expect to get the the first team call up so quickly, but it, it kind of did. But I, I went away to France actually as my I never got a game obviously, but that's where I got, got to go with my first camp, and it was away to France. And then I, I don't know my bird and well there I can't remember, but I obviously got that call from from Anna Singel, and it was I was shocked that I got the call, but yeah, delighted at the same time. Um, if we fast forward a few years to 2019. We've talked about the World Cup already. I mean, how, in terms of making your debut, comparing with finding out when your World Cup, you were in the World Cup squad, how did they, they stack up for you? Um, it's a hard question because obviously making your, your first cap's amazing, but I, nah, probably, I would have to say the World Cup was probably a, a better feeling, especially getting to play at the World Cup and against England, the first match, and so many fans at the game and stuff as well. So I'd probably say 
World Cup just just tops it for me. Um, you've been obviously in around the squad, kind of going into the World Cup. Did how did you feel like in the build up to that? Did you think I, I'm I'm probably okay, but or was it a case of until you got that call from Shelley kind of saying you're in? Was it just kind of tenter hooks? I'd I'd, ne- I'd I've never ever in my life took playing for the national team for granted. Um, I've obviously I was playing well at the Algarve Cup when we went to the friendlies and stuff, and. Yeah, I was playing well, but I never ever expected that I was going to be going to the World Cup ever. Never. I was I'm still I still get goosebumps talking about it to be honest and remembering the phone call that I got from Shelley. Um but no, I've never I, I never ever thought I'd get that call and, and when it came it was wow, I could I honestly couldn't believe it. I was actually at I'll tell you what happened is Shelley always laughs at me when I tell the story as well because she tells everybody. But I was out walking my dog. Um, and then I've came back and I've been like, missed call from Shelley. And I'm like, oh, is this the one where she's going to tell me that I've not made the squad? So I'm like, right, will I phone her now or will I phone her back later? So I was like, <laughs> Nick, Nick, just get it done. So I, I'd called her back and and I, and I can't actually remember any anything else of the conversation apart from her saying, Nick, you're going to the World Cup. And I just remember like, bursting into tears being like no you're joking Shelly you're kidding me on um but no it was yeah proudest moment in my life probably was that was that a moment when you're on your own so was it one of those ones where you're like I don't know what to do because I've got no I was, I was on my own actually just <laughs> like I live in a tenement flat so I was just kind of sitting here and I was looking at the window and I was on the phone and I was just like seeing the cars go by I was like no nah, she's kidding me on she's kidding me on <laughs> she wasn't kidding so no nah, it was amazing unbelievable um, as as a fan who watched the men's men's side qualify for France '98, and I remember watching the opening game in like a music class or something. I don't remember, um, and that was like 21 years ago. And then see to be able to actually not be able to go to the World Cup, and then last summer to be able to go and see Scotland in the World Cup, absolute class. Like love my life as a as a player for you. Was there one, was there any moment in particular? Where, I know you've said you just like all of it was amazing. But was there any one moment where you were just like, this this is like this is going to be hard to top? Probably realising that I was starting against England in the first ever game of the World Cup. And I just remember walking out the the tunnel and it was and all you could hear from the fans was like, No, Scotland, no party. And I was like, What what is actually happening? And I just remember singing the national anthem. And I actually was like almost crying, like singing the national anthem. I was like, Nick, you need to get yourself <laughs> um, but no, probably that just just walking out on the pitch and just hearing the fans sing was incredible. Yeah, so World Cup didn't necessarily end as we all wanted it to. But I think it's probably fair to say you mentioned it earlier on, it did to galvanise the country a little bit, a um, bit of momentum. Do you think that momentum kind of came through after the summer in terms of not necessarily just the national team, but in the, the domestic game as well? Yeah, obviously the, the way the, the World Cup ended wasn't, wasn't great. And it's obviously, it still hurts to this day how we managed to go out the way we did. But at the same time, it still gave us as a country a, a sense of pride in what we achieved to actually get to the World Cup. It was incredible and it's it's only made us want to get to another tournament so obviously after the World Cup we we wanted to get right back on the pitch and the way we done that against Cyprus for the Euro qualifiers was amazing but I do think the World Cup has definitely then landed onto the, the Scottish women's football in terms of the SWPL and I think they 
with them watching the World Cup, it's only wanted them to make our league better as well. So I do think that women's football has gone in the right direction ever since the, the World Cup. It's, it's For me, it's still a bit away, but I do think it's going in the right direction. Has it been kind of heartening to see with women's football in Scotland as well? It feels like there's more people rooting for it, not just necessarily fans and players and coaches, but kind of people that not necessarily matter, but like people that are willing to maybe put some money into the game. Obviously, James Anderson helped um, women's football kind of get through this period, and I know there's been a couple other people donating. Is it, does it feel like more people are now in the corner, whereas before it could sometimes feel a little isolated? No, 100%. I agree with that, and I, and I do think that even when James Anderson has, has stepped in and the way he has done and, and donated his money, I just think that that shows that there's, there is other people out there watching and, and it's only going to encourage other people to get involved and support women's football and, and it's going to be really exciting the next few years to come to see where else it can go. In terms of Scotland, got you the qualifiers coming up. We are in October, aren't we? Yes, we are in October. In a couple of weeks' time, um, you are back in the squad. Uh, Albania and Finland coming up. How do you view those two fixtures? Um, so I, I, they're going to be two difficult games. Um, it's going to be probably quite similar games as well. And I think the game at home in Albania, they're, they're probably going to be in a, a good defensive structure and we're going to need to try and break them down. And I, same again, Anna Sangel, she knows us very well inside out probably. So it's going to be weird seeing Anna again in a, in a different colours, should I say. But no, we're, it's ones that we're really excited about. We've, we won't, we've been dying to get onto the pitch for so long with the national team. The qualifiers should have been a while ago. But yeah, yeah we're just thankfully to be able to play them again. Um, and it's ones that we just want to get points from. But yeah, as cliche to say, it's one game at a time. So we'll be looking forward to Albania first. Are you looking forward to this kind of rapid fire nature of games in terms of as you've mentioned, there's quite a lot to catch up on. Um, are you looking forward to that? That kind of almost week after week after week going from Rangers to Scotland to somewhere in Europe and then back again. Is that something you, you thrive on? 100%. Players just want to play games. Um, especially when you're in training, you want to play games. So for us, as like being footballers, that's all you want to do is play games. And it's ones that everyone's excited about because we've not played football in so long. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm buzzing for the games coming and uh, yeah, bring them picking fast. Kind of looking ahead then, kind of the next next few years. What have you what have you got in terms of goals, ambitions in mind? Is there anything you want to check off that you haven't done yet? Or are there things that you've kind of set yourself up for? Um, I would for me personally, I just want to remain in the national team. I want to make it to another major tournament in terms of national team and. At Rangers, I think we've all set the same goals. We we, we want to win things at Rangers, and I, and I would love to be at Rangers when that happens so yeah we've, we've kind of all said it ourselves that yeah we've, we've got a good squad but it's going to take a lot of hard work for us to win things but yeah definitely I want to win something at Rangers and uh yeah for sure awesome well I think that covers it next so thank you very much for joining me it's really appreciated again no you're very welcome thank you very much for listening um please remember to share and subscribe and like it and tell all your friends it's on the all the usual podcast platforms but if you're listening to it already that's cool um But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon.